Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elisa the Arnista podcast, episode number 104104. My name is Mike, also known as Big Mike Mike, also known as Hubby and Mr. Yarnista and mm-hmm. some other things. And the person clearing their throat by my side, as always, is Elisa the Yarnista herself. What's going on, Elisa? Not much. Knitting on a sock and. What kind of a sock trying to is clear that, my I wonder? Throat. Do you want to share with the people? Because I, I bet nobody can guess what sock Elisa is currently working on. You're being a smarty pants. I, no, I'm not. I'm just saying you're currently working on a project. You should let people know what you're, what you're working it on. Is, it is my Opal Advent sock. I am almost done with day number five. Day number five from December 2016. Yeah. That's okay. We'll get there. I have I have until December 1st to finish this stuff up. That's so. true. Those are the rules that we made. So thanks, everybody, for joining us here. Uh, as always, we encourage you to shop local, but if you're going to do some online shopping and you're going to do that at Amazon, make sure you first go to Elisa. Holy cow. <laughs> what is going on? We got bumping. I'm a and... hot mess right now. I don't know. <laughs> make sure you first go to elisatheyarnista.com. And over on the right-hand side, we've got all those affiliate things you can click on. If you click on the Amazon ones, that will take you to Pop Quiz Elisa. Where would that take you? Joanne Fabrics. No, they'll take you to Amazon.com. Oh, okay. When you go over there and you're doing your shopping, when you put stuff in your cart after clicking that link, there's a good chance that Amazon will give us a little commission here at the show, which does allow us to pay for all the things that we need to pay for, such as food. It's coming, winter's coming, so we get to pay for heat, we get to pay for Rollo things, all that kind of stuff. You can help us out uh, by doing that. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, Anything that you would like to uh, get in touch with us here at the show, you can send us an email. It's not snail mail. I guess if you want to send snail mail, you can send that to um, Firefly Firefly Fibers, Fibers, 112 Front Street. But if you want to send electronic mails, you can send that to podcast at elisatheyarnista.com. That'll come to us here. And if you have any questions, we've actually got a Canadian Canoes coming up later on in the show. Uh, They came from uh, one of our listeners, one of our patrons, actually. Uh, you can do that there, and we will uh, talk about that here on the show. So I think what we're going to do, first off, since we already talked about what Elisa's got on the needles, we keep talking about that eventually when that button goes. What have you been working on this week? I actually started something new because, you know, that's just what I need because there hasn't been nothing under the FO section for eh, we don't need that section a very long fine. time. Um yeah, I excel at starting. Um, but I just, I haven't had much time to knit. Um, so my, um, my Coco Knits, uh, sweater workshop sweater, that is, um, almost done. I need to, I finished this one of the sleeves this last Monday and I need to just do the other sleeve and, um, thinking I might rip out the bottom and do some one by one rib on the bottom of it. Yeah. Cause you thought it was a little short. I think it's right? a little short. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, the, the, the pattern I picked is meant to, I think, be worn over like a button up or something like that. Um, so, so that wouldn't be so bad. Then you just wear a button up with it, right? Yes, because I, I I frequently wear button up shirts with but collars. But you would and stuff. if that's the intention of the of the sweater, right? Well, this one is going to be a shop sample, so I guess I it can just go yeah. on a mannequin with a button up under it. Because I do sure. have some button up shirts that I never. I have wear. some you could borrow. I don't wear them. That very might much. not fit right. I don't know. You're a little bit bigger than me. Oh, maybe a little bit. So, um, so yeah, that's it's been a lot of fun. And the coconuts sweater class, um, I posted it and it filled in like five seconds. Bam! So that should be a good one. So there will be another one coming up. So if anyone is interested that's local in taking that class, um, we do have um, the class does have uh, video instruction from Julie of Coconuts herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you can send an email to uh, info at fireflyfibers.com to get on the wait list. So, um, but it's really fun. It's a really, really interesting way of knitting sweaters and kind of am like, I'm trying to figure out in my head like how the numbers work if there's a way to take like a like a regular raglan and convert it so that's on my because you know my math my brain i, I love so figuring so out the math on your and, hands to figure out the math well she doesn't have an extensive library i mean there's i think five patterns or four patterns with different variations in the book itself but there are um she has some um like more advanced designs that you can buy individual patterns for 
but I think I would like to see if I can get it to work for um, for a, just a regular raglan. Sure. So I'm going to do some, I'm going to play around with it. So I'm sure there's a way to do it. I'm sure. I don't know. I think so. It's all in the, it, it's all numbers. It's just a matter yeah, of getting them to work right. So yeah, I don't know anything about it, so I will trust if you're saying it's going to work, it's going to work. I think it might, but yeah. So it's a um, that one's almost done. I'm doing that in the Brooklyn Tweed Quarry. That's the really dark one that everybody's shocked that I'm knitting a sweater in that's like completely out of my comfort zone. But again, it's for the store, and I thought it'd be a really pretty color for mm-hmm. a shop sample. So, yeah. um, so there's that. Um, there is my sock that I'm knitting on. I'm almost on to number six. So that's, hey. that's an accomplishment. Um, the other thing that I, oh, I cast Veronica on again and I am through the ribbing and getting ready to start the body of it that now, um, I didn't work on that this last weekend when we were campfiring because I didn't want to, uh, have it smell Get like smoke because yeah, there's a lot of knitting left on that. So, um, so I worked on the on the coconut sweater, and that's almost, it's almost done. Um, the other thing that happened, many thanks to my um, knitting friend Teresa. I tell you, when I get you know messages in the morning, have you seen? Yeah. Then I should not go looking. Um, so she sent me a message about the Selbu Mitten Club, and Selbu Mittens are like traditional like Norwegian, um, like Fair Isle style mittens. And I got all excited because these are done in DK weight. They're usually done in fingering weight and they're super dense and it's going to take forever to knit. So the Selba Mitten Club is by Skein Deer, which is kind of cute, right? Skein Deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she is... So is that her real name? No, no, that's not her real name. I don't know what her real name is. I could go find it somewhere probably. So the but. knitting world is basically turning into video game world where, where nobody goes by their real name. They all make up their own screen name or their own avatar name. And they now that she's Skandir instead of, I don't you, know, Julie Smith or something. You realize that you are speaking on the Elisa the Yarnista podcast, correct? But Elisa is your real name. It is. It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's her designing, her, her designer label. I guess, or her pattern. So, um, so she has a couple of really cool patterns out there. One of them is, um, one of them is a pair of colorwork socks that I really want to knit, but that's gonna, that's gonna wait for a little bit. These are, um, a, uh, uh, they're, the, so the, 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 the club is four patterns. It's 18 pounds. Um, so it's, about twenty four dollars, twenty four US dollars for four for patterns. four patterns. So you get, and it's not a mystery thing. You know exactly what you're going to knit. You are going to get a pattern the first of each month, September through December, and you get a bonus, which is her. So does it come in your email, or does it go to your Ravelry, Ravelry. account? Okay, yep, it just shows up. So she you just have sends to have a Ravelry account to be able to do this. Then I don't think so. No, okay. I think it can just go to email because. Um, there have been several knit-alongs that people have done that have just gone that they've only had an email account. So okay. somehow it sends an update. Um, so these are the, – so she has um, her just regular like single Selbu mitten pattern is uh, really, really fun. Um, it, and the, the patterns are ranging from like the beginning. Like this is one that she designed for a class that I think she was teaching somewhere in was she teaching in Edinburgh or something. And she had to come up with a um, she needed to come up with a mitten pattern that was going to be quick and good for like beginning color work knitters. So okay. um, so this is where that one came from. Um, and it is it's a lot of fun. Um, so but she wanted something that was going to be a little bit faster because it's tough teaching i mean color a lot of color work is done with fingering weight yarn and teaching it that way it's just like yeah. learning on like teeny tiny needles and teeny tiny yarn is really really difficult so it's really cool because it's it's a it's a dk weight and i'm on a us six so they're going pretty fast i haven't seen those yet so you, you did some work that i haven't seen 
Yeah, I was working on them last night a little bit when we were on the couch, but... Oh, apparently I wasn't paying attention. And I was then too busy watching Glow. Somebody couldn't sleep, so she knit on them some oh, more, and then yeah. somebody woke up and couldn't stop thinking about them, so then she knit on them some more this morning. Who was that? That's me. Oh. Yeah, huh. before I went to work. Oh, and that might be a boo-boo. Uh-oh. I'm not sure what's going on there. I'll have to fix that. Hmm. That doesn't look quite right. It's... Probably fine. Just go along. Oh, just... actually, it does kind of look great. Yeah, there it you go. It looks right compared to that. I don't know. I'll have to figure that out. Um, but anyway, it's it, it's a lot of fun. I'm using um, I'm using Brooklyn Tweed Arbor, which is a really good yarn for, um, for color work, um, because it's not a super wash, so it has a little bit more. It's a little bit meatier, a little bit um, a little bit stickier, um, and when it gets washed, it's just going to kind of soften up and fill in any of the gaps. And because color work, honestly, it just doesn't look great right off the needles. So it has to have a bath. It needs a bath. It's like it's like it's it's getting up in the morning and it has really bad bedhead. Mm. So it never looks great. But So are you, will you be making two of those? Well, yeah, because they have two hands. Well, I wasn't sure because you're getting four patterns. I thought it would be like your socks and you'd knit four mittens and you'd have like two unmatched or you just put them together you could do that but i'm going to match pairs okay. so they use so it uses 50 grams of 50 grams each of two colors so it's super reasonable i'm doing these in arbor and then i have i brought two more colors of arbor home to do the second pair because you get one pattern she started in august so you got like the oh, the basic okay. selby pattern already in august so, or she had signups, she had, she announced it in August. So when you signed up, you got her original so Selbu pattern. September, October, November, December yeah. are the four patterns. So, okay. And then the one bonus. Got it. And I, I would recommend if you haven't, I would recommend just starting with the, the bone, the, the one bonus one, um, because she's working in order of difficulty from one. None of them are terribly oh. difficult, but it's kind of cool. That's a good idea. She's, yeah. She's kind of building each month. So. Yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun, and I picked colors that are I, I I they're unusual for you, but they're like fall. Sure, yeah, they're good. It's like a I don't know, what would you call that brownish greenish color, yellowish mustard. Mustard. Actually, it's called I think it's called tincture. Huh. Tincture, and I think the kind of like rusty color. I think it's butte. Butte. B u t t e, and it sure. makes me giggle when I look at the label because like, you know I'm yeah. 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 Like uh, Lake Butemore going up to uh, Appleton because it looks like Lake Butemorts, which basically would be like the butt of death, which I think is hilarious every time I cross that bridge. How is is this a bridge that we cross? Yeah. Every time we go north of Appleton, or I guess. You, you've north never of, told me that. Sure. Well, it's funny. Next time you will not be able to miss it now. So I will think not. We'll, we might be going that direction next week. We might. We'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's fun. These are a lot of fun. She said that she can do um she has a podcast episode talking about launching it and everything and she said that she can get one done in an evening or two. So, okay. it's so it's a club, so it's not like it's not a huge time investment like um you know, it's not like a ton of yardage and something you're not going to be able to get done. Like the the oh, that's the other thing. I'll be casting on for the the what the fade um but the uh, mystery mystery one sure. this weekend i just i didn't have a chance cuz the there's um the the instructions there's like an i cord edge and then there's brioche like right out of the gate and so i have to like uh, put i have to put make sure i can't you don't just like go and like in like you don't put all your colors in order and then go right straight through i think you use like a and c or a and d first and so i have to label the a so i'm like Holy i'm cow. making sure that i can focus to do that so that, so. that one's gonna be a process then it sounds like i think it's gonna be i think it'll be fine once i get going on it but that one has me nervous because she i think she's dropping a new clue each week so it'll be hard to keep up i think it's i mean and it's six colors i don't know how much yarn you're actually using but i'm sure it's at least a thousand yards holy cow so I mean, to do that, and I think it's like four or five or six clues, that's, yeah. I mean, it's not terrible, but hmm. I'm hoping, I want to get going on it because I'm hoping that having the new clue coming each week will motivate me to like get up in the morning because I want to do that. I, want, I need to get up in the morning and sit down and just knit. Right. Well, sometimes you might. Have a cup of tea in the morning and knit. And knit. Yeah. So, but yeah, the mittens are fun. I'm really enjoying it. And my... 
my what the fade colors are completely crazy. Yeah, they're very yeah. When I, had, I saw you post that picture, I'm like, who is this for? Because that's not something that you would normally ever pick. I'm glad you did because there are a lot of fun colors I think and they it's go well be a, together. I think it's gonna be a blast to knit it, but yeah, yeah you thought I lost it's, my marbles. Well it's very different from what you would normally do. Yeah. I, there's some people who were maybe a little concerned at knitting and laughing at me because yeah. I've clearly lost my marbles. So yeah, but that's what I'm working on. I don't think I have anything else. I want to because it's cold out this weekend, so I'm hoping to maybe get back to my Alpenglue. Today it and... is. Tomorrow and Monday it's not going to. It's going to be upper 70s again. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't have a motivation to go back to my Alpenglue because it's not like cold yeah. out, but well, I know I need to do it. That's not far off. That's no. the, the cold is, is quickly approaching. For those people who watch Game of Thrones, winter is coming. I guess even if you don't watch Game of Thrones, it's whether you want it or not, you, it's you, it's on its way. You don't watch Game of Thrones. No, I don't. But a lot of people do. We watched the first few episodes. I have them. I haven't watched them. I just feel like I it's started watching them, but... too daunting. Too daunting? Too daunting. I don't There's so much that we've already missed, and I feel like, from what I've heard, there's so many characters and things going mm-hmm. on, but it does sound... It, what we saw was really well, good. Well, I have the book. I have the Kindle books. I have the audiobooks. You can get all caught up. You can watch them. I have them on my iPad. You can watch them. You have all yeah. of them? How many Not seasons are Not all of them. There? I think I have four or five seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we will. How far did you get? Um... As far as you did, because I don't think I watched any further than you, because okay. we were watching together. And I don't yeah. go ahead when, I don't watch ahead when yeah. we're watching something together. You know what I just found out, like, oh, yesterday? No. What? Or the day before? Uh, Supernatural is up through, like, 12 seasons or something. No, they're on, like, 13 now. Thir- that's... 13 or 14. It's crazy. How you remember when we keep first... that show going? You remember when we first started watching it? I mean, that was, we were, like, super excited. Well, it's a good show, but I just don't know what they're doing for... You only got through... 13. We got like through like seven of them or something. Maybe not I, even. I don't think you did. No. I think I've gotten further on my own than we did together. Mm. Thankfully, they're not as like scary now. No. Well, yeah. The, the show took a turn. It went from like these monster type, like uh, urban, urban legend myth, yeah. kind of things and monsters and vampires and werewolves and that kind of stuff to some kind of weird... Just fighting the devil. Just Yeah, like angels and devils <laughs> and the world is ending kind of stuff. Um, it was pretty intense, but yeah. And then, maybe it's and then the some t- comedy. The two of them are well, so... Of course. They, they yeah. play so well off of each other. It's the time, too. is like, man, there's 12 seasons. Each episode is like 45 minutes long. Like That's, that's a lot. I just got done watching The West Wing again for, I think, the third time, and there's seven seasons of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time. But if you would like to purchase any of the things, the... I'm, I'm Oh, man, I'm completely lost. Brooklyn can, Tweed was what I was looking for. If you're trying to buy anything like that Brooklyn Tweed or the uh, Coconuts books or whatever you're looking for, go to FireflyFibers.com because that, of course, is the local yarn shop that Elisa and I own right here in Beaverdam, Wisconsin. And uh, you can find all that stuff there. And Elisa's got a whole list of things that she wants to talk to you about because there's some new stuff going on right now. Yeah, it was just a ton of – it was a, an amazing week for, like, well, fall publications, I think, is what it, it just – all kind of equated to. So we had um, Pom Pom issue 22 came in, um, Mason Dixon, uh, the field guide issue four, um, Log Cabin, that came in, um, Taproot issue number 23 came in. Um, we have uh, interpretations from Hohi and Vera. Um, we have what is that? I don't, one, I don't think I've heard of that. Three and four. Those are those little books that we have in the front of the store. They're like little collections. Oh, they were doing them just as ebooks, and then the kind ladies at um, at Pom Pom are publishing them for oh, them really? now. So yeah, hmm, so there's. I don't think I remember those. They keep selling out every time I get them, and they sell out. So I cool. order some each time I get more pom poms in. Um, we still have some issues of Lane Number Two, um, and I think the new one should be out later this month. So. It's it, it like I said. It always amazes me because we get stuff from, um, the from Lane in Finland faster than we do from the West Coast. Yeah, I'd be curious to know how that process works. Or is it I'm just like, lucky? it was in Germany like less than twenty four hours ago, and now it's here. Was it, it just was... lucky timing that there just happens to be a plane coming across at that time? Because otherwise, twice in a row. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's Maybe super just fast. Lucky. I think a lot of it, because it ends up coming in on the East Coast, it takes less time for it to get here from the East Coast um, than the West, Coast. the West Coast. It doesn't have to travel because I think everything we get from everything that we get that takes forever to come from the West Coast is coming UPS ground. So what does it come from the East Coast? It doesn't take as long to get stuff from the East Coast because it's not as far. Because it's coming ground? No, just because the like the East Coast well, I areas understand. is it's far. closer, but you're but they're both coming ground. I don't know how the I don't know how the stuff comes from oh. from Lane. I don't think it, well, I it, it it probably isn't coming ground considering it's going across an ocean. No, but it it's not flying directly to Beaver Dam. No, because it goes. It's from... weird because it goes. It goes through like Finland's customs, and then it ends up in some place in Germany, and then it's like here the next day. Hmm. So yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that process, I mean, how that works. Literally, I get like a shipping notification on Monday or Tuesday, and it's here by like Thursday or Friday. That doesn't even seem possible. No, no, it's magic. I don't, I'm sorry, it could it could be have something to do with like you know things don't show right in the tracking because of time zones, but. Regardless of when I place my order, it's not like I didn't place it in, you know, the past. Because it's at least, what, I don't know, 10 or 12 hours just to yeah. fly across the ocean? Yeah. And it's here in like two days? Yeah. That, that, it's amazing. We live in the future, people, where you can order things and they show up two days later from an entire different continent. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. But yeah, the new the new issue of Lane should be coming out. And then we'll have some issue ones in stock again, too. And then I just got some notice on making issue number four. So that'll be coming out pretty soon, too. It was I didn't have a chance to look at the email for that. So I saw that it said, here's a sneak peek. Keep it under wraps. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go do something else for now because I can't say can't anything. talk can't, about can't, it. Can't, Might as well, don't even look at it. I can't share anything about it right now. Right. Because so. why go through that temptation of looking at it and seeing what it is and yep. then... Yeah. No pre-orders, no nothing. Be quiet. Shh. So, yeah. So we, we will stop right there. And we're going to go to a completely different subject that is not talking about what we cannot talk about. We're going to talk about what Elisa's been doing in the kitchen. Elisa the cookista. That seems like a, that's not a good word. That was not a good word, no. The chefista. I have to make it rhyme. You do. And so I did. So I made, and I was drooling over these, um, of course it's Michelle Tam of Nom Nom Paleo. Um, that's what happens when you never look at Facebook and you have her set to show up first in your feed. Yeah. That's as far as I ever get in Facebook. Yeah. And if you don't have Elisa the Arnista or Firefly Fiber set up to show up at the top of your list every time you go to Facebook, you, you should, should do definitely that. do that. Yeah. So... Michelle posted these. I'm trying to think of when it was. Um, oh, she has a date on here. She has a date? I thought she was married. Uh, don't tell Henry. Oh, poor Henry. Okay, um, anybody listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast, don't tell Henry that Michelle has a date because he would be very upset. Uh, which is actually a large part of the plot of Glow, which we're, what, eight episodes into? We've got three left. If you haven't, if you're not watching Glow on Netflix, you should watch Glow on Netflix. So apparently, this came out five months ago. What? So the the recipe for this. Okay. So they are. Um, and there are a few things that I have really missed eating. Um, and some of those have been like the the flavors of like some Asian foods, like wontons and stuff like that, because they're just wontons and dumplings. Um, these are basically they're they're wonton meatballs, and um, they we didn't do them as meatballs because she had a she had a note that said, oh, you can fry them in a pan and have them as sliders on some romaine lettuce with some sriracha, and I'm like, that sounds so delicious. That's what we did. So. It was really interesting because she said that she, so she tests her food, like, and her family. Her family gets to eat the same thing over and over and over. And um, she said this one, um, she, 
she put everything together and she said rarely does it ever like it's like perfect on the first try but then how do you how do you even know if it's perfect because you know, you like, it, if it all like comes yeah, together and it's good. But if you change things up, it might be yeah. better. So you, you don't you don't know it's perfect unless you try it a couple different ways. Well, but I think she knows like if it the she knows like when it hits like kind of like all the notes and the flavors are like nice sure. and balanced. And she said this one, she said this one was, um, she said they were perfect instantly. Like she said, she was like ninety five percent of the way there, which I think is pretty good when you're just like throwing some stuff together yeah. and. And hoping it to to work out. So she, um, so she did. She said she wanted to try it again, and she said she'd add. She wanted to add some uh, some fresh ginger, and she had the weekend to polish up the recipe. So she said. So the next morning, she made a second batch, and she said they looked fine. They everything was. Um, it, it seemed she hardly changed anything. She said they tasted exactly the same, but she said the texture was so off-putting that her kids would not even eat it. Picky kids. Yeah. So she said her and her husband, they ate them, and I don't know. And they they, they said, you know, what did you do to the meatballs? And she she didn't know. So she made – she says she made tray after tray all weekend long. So, yeah. So if you – yeah, the um, – the, the – the, I like leftovers, but I think if I was making like the same thing over and over and trying to get it to work and then we had to eat like gross textured meatballs all weekend, the same meatballs for like breakfast, they, lunch and dinner. Yeah, she doesn't make that many of them though, does she? I, mean, I don't know. They wouldn't last long. I would eat them. So she said, how long did it take her? She had nightmares and she said the, the, the flavor, the, the flavor profile remained fantastic, but the texture was so off-putting and so different from the original batch that I knew something was terribly wrong. Did I just imagine that the first meatball was delicious? Yeah. Cause then you start, yeah, you start doubting yourself. So she realized the only modification that she had made was adding the freshly minced ginger, which I would think, you know, it's going to add that nice little like kind of like, um, that nice, that nice fresh kind of bite to it. Mm-hmm. Well, she said it was the, the fresh ginger made the meatballs mealy and gross. Just yeah. a little bit of fresh ginger. So she said it, it has a powerful enzyme called zingzabane. Zin- Zingzabane? She made that up. That's Zing- not a word. Zingzabane? Z-I-N-G-I-B-A-I-N. So it breaks down protein. Huh. So, yeah. So she was um, breaking down. She's And she thought, well, is it the different uh, different fat content in the in the pork? Is, you know, what's the deal here? So, yeah. And um, it only happens with fresh ginger. So when it's been cooked or dried or whatever, it doesn't do it. Or she said if it's counter with an acid like vinegar or citrus, it's okay too. So, hmm. um, so she made her fifth batch. Sure. And she's and without the ginger, and she said it was perfect. So, so that's a fun little insight when you're talking about you know you buy a cookbook or something like that, and you're you're making recipes. You don't necessarily consider well the person who wrote this recipe or developed this recipe had to make this four, five, six, seven, eight times until they got exactly what they were looking for. Because you don't think about some of those things like adding ginger to this weird pork and shrimp recipe is going to make it gross and inedible. And there's how much ginger in Asian food in everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting that her her blog sounds really interesting. Kind of get an inside look at some of the development process, mm-hmm. and it's kind of neat. So yeah, they're really really good. So I'll um I'll put the link on the thing and on the agenda, and you can put it on the website or on the the show notes because they're really they sure. were really good, and they're easy. But yeah, oh, they were really good, and I like she has um. She said, and this is, this is something that she has in several of her recipes for where it's, where it's meat and you need, it's, you need to, if you need to season raw meat or if you need to see if the seasoning is right on raw meat, you just heat up a little skillet because you don't want to eat raw meat. You don't want to eat like raw pork and shrimp. Probably not. And even if you do, it's not going to taste the same as if it's cooked. So she says to heat up, uh, heat up a little skillet and just take a little pinch of it and cook it in the pan, let it cool off and you can taste it that way. 
She just cook a little a little smidgen of it and yeah. see how it tastes. And I thought that was a you know it's it's so common sense, but it's like a cleaning chemicals. They always say test it in a small inconspicuous yeah. place so you can see how it if it's gonna yes. stain or yeah yep. ruin the paint on your car. So yeah, but yeah, I thought they they were really good. Yeah, it was an interesting combination. I would I would never have thought to put pork and shrimp together. That when you said that, I'm like. What? That doesn't make... Why would you do that? But it it was really, really good. Yeah, the shrimp, I think you you take and... Yeah, you take and you, uh, you like, chop it up really, really finely so it almost turns into, like, a shrimp paste, and then it kind of helps to make things all sticky and stay together. But, yeah, it adds... I think it probably lightens up the flavor of the pork a little bit. I would think so. Because the pork gets... The pork having just, like, a pork pork slider is a little bit heavy, but they weren't... They weren't heavy at all. They were oh, really good. Oh, no, not good. at all. Yeah. Really good. So, Yeah. So there we go. I finally made them. And I finally, I made the sheet pan fajitas last weekend or on Monday, I think it was. And those are really good too. Sheet pan fajitas. Yep. The, oh yeah, those, those, yeah, those are really good. Yep. And those are really, those are really easy too. Yeah. It didn't seem like there was the, what do you call it? Tortillas took some doing. Yeah. I think next time we'll, just, you know, if it's a, if it's a weeknight, we'll probably just have them with, a, um, corn tortillas or. Store-bought instead or lettuce. of making them from scratch. Well, yeah, store-bought corn tortillas instead of making homemade cassava. Because I can't find, find gluten-free tortillas in town anymore. So I'll go get some at Natural Way. They have good stuff there. Is that it? I think that's all we have for in the kitchen. We're eating busy eating leftovers right now. Yeah, trying to clear out the freezer. Well, not clear out the freezer, but... The fridge and the freezer, we have a bunch of food, and I want to get try and get stuff cleared out because i'd like to do um michelle in the new book she has a four week and then there's a fifth week that was added for pre-orders of the book for a meal plan and i'd like to do that for i don't have to do any meal plan i can take and i can put all the recipes into um into uh real plans so i can yeah so everything from the book or what do you Mm-hmm. So I, the recipes that are on the meal plan, on like her meal plan, because she has like oh. four weeks planned out in the back of the book. Oh, got it. And so I'll just take those recipes and plug them into um, real plans. So I have a grocery list and I don't have to have a cookbook out. And, there you go. Yeah. Meal plans, another thing you can click on on the right hand side of mm-hmm. com. So do that too, because A, it's good because you can plan your meals, but B, it's good because we get money. It's worth every penny. <laughs> it is. It really is. It is. I mean, I figure what it costs. I think what I did, it's seventy two a year, and then I have I think two or three add ons. So it's about a hundred bucks a year, and it's so it's less than ten dollars a month. And I know with that, we save at least ten dollars a month in sure. groceries. So you're probably, for we, it probably we probably save ten dollars a week on groceries with that. Yeah, because I have stuff left over. I can take and just move it over to the next week. So I should do a demo or something on that, huh? Uh, yes, I've got some plans. Oh, boy. Kind of. Oh, but we'll, boy. We'll see. We we will see. We'll talk about that when we're not we'll, live. We'll take that offline. We'll put a pin in that. We'll put that in the parking lot. What other kind of corporate jargon stupidity can I say to to say we'll we'll talk about that later? I don't know. You would know you're yeah. from the corporate world. Yeah. Escaping the corporate world, we're going to talk about some Canadian canoes. We had all kinds of stuff. Uh, this week, and we're going to start, uh, whoops, we're going to start with, oh, goodness gracious. I did this all, I'm sorry for everybody who's not watching this right now, because I had this all set up earlier, and now it's, there we go. The window was all out of place and the wrong shape and size. So, uh, the first one comes to us from uh, Jennifer by way of email at podcast at elisathearnista.com. And this is actually a, a story we kind of talked about a little bit um, a while back. But I did not know that uh, Althea Chrome is her name. She does this micro knitting of little teeny tiny sweaters and hats and gloves and mittens. And when I say teeny tiny, I'm talking, she's like knitting with thread and doing color work. And we had a story about that, but this is a link to her actual website where you can go and you can actually purchase some of these garments that she is making here. And you can see on her little, on her index finger, she's got two gloves on there full with complete with fingers um, and color work on them. 
and uh, you can buy all these things. And here's one. Uh, she's kind of got her pictures grouped by, you know, category and, and whatnot. This one is 80 stitches to the inch. So she's got these little... I don't want to knit mittens with like six, five stitches to the inch. Or... Yeah. yeah, that's... And these are colorwork sweaters. She's got... A, you can buy a pair of earrings with sweaters inside. So the little clear, I assume, glass globes with the sweaters inside. And so if you want to go and you can do some shopping and, and look at uh, some of her wares, those little earrings, again, these are earrings with sweaters in them, $800. Uh, micro cardigan with buttons and pockets. Buttons and pockets on this little teeny tiny cardigan, 400 bucks. She's got complete sets with hats. Uh, it was a hat, mittens, and socks for was $1,600. An argyle vest for $1,800. I can't even imagine the work that goes into knitting. An Argyle sweater. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Or the time that would go into that. But a lot of these, obviously, you know, they're not, you're not going to put them on your, on your Barbie doll or something like that. But they're framed. They got these nice, like, uh, acrylic cases that you would put up on the wall. The Irish fisherman sweater. $3,000. Sure. Says warm hands uh, from an art gallery, six thousand dollars for with a one, two, three, four, five different pairs of of uh, mittens and gloves. So all kinds of crazy stuff. So I will put Lisa mentioned uh, in the show notes about the Michelle Tam stuff. For those of you that are not aware, all of these knitting news stories that we talk about and, and some other things sometimes, I put all of these go to elisa.com slash podcast where all the the players are so for those of you that get it kind of on a weekly basis whether through itunes or um i think on stitcher if you get it through there if you want to look at these things in more depth whether it's the stories or pictures or whatever it is um you can go to go to lisathearnisa.com slash podcast and underneath each of those players i will put uh links to all the stories that we talk about so you can Mm -hmm. see those and i say that because our next story is uh they're gonna want to look at it they'll want to listen to it. it's actually there's okay. a, a podcast was it called drive or something like that this this one's out of australia and there's it's a like a two-hour podcast this is a 10-minute segment out of the middle of it um knit a pouch save a joey so of course if there's ever any stories that i find that people are knitting charity things to help animals especially baby animals uh that's gonna definitely show up on the show at some point so this one it's about helping out uh, baby kangaroos, of course, joeys, uh, that, that uh, maybe have lost their mothers through some misfortune. Um, but I uh, was that many people would like to help out, help our wildlife but are unable to commit to animal rescue or care can help by making pouches or linings. Knitting a pouch or constructing a lining is quite simple and they're easy to post, says Justin McKee uh, from Wires, which is Wildlife Information Rescue and Education Services. This is out of Australia, so if you're in the U.S., uh, this may not be necessarily possible for you, but it's a neat program. So they're looking for people to knit the pouches, but they also have a uh, interior lining that goes kind of on the on the inside and when i listened to i didn't listen to the whole uh 10 minute segment but i listened to a lot of it what they're really looking for is people to kind of knit the outside and of course when you go to um the podcast version it's got some fun pictures uh of the pouches and it's got some a couple pictures of the the little joeys sitting in the pouches and they look nice and snugly warm so i'll post that again maybe doesn't play necessarily well or perfectly on a po- audio podcast, but I thought it was still fun and something I'd want to bring up. So you can go and, and look at it on the page. Can can we, can I knit a pouch and get a Joey to put in it? Probably. I would bet. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they, it probably wouldn't ship quite so quickly from Australia as it does from Finland. It's a little further away. Well, there was a lady here in Beaver Dam that had a kangaroo. That's right. She did. It was in McDonald's or something, wasn't it? Yeah, she said it was a therapy it animal and she yeah. was asked to not be there anymore. I think she may have been lying. I had a friend that went to the vet one day and they were getting their dog out of their car and looked over and they're like, oh my gosh, that's a kangaroo in a car. Where would you even... You don't usually see kangaroos no. in... No. And where would you get a kangaroo? Apparently, it's legal, I think. It can't be legal. I don't know. I found out from somebody yesterday who told me this. Somebody, t- Oh, a friend of mine, her husband got her a pig. 
And apparently it's legal. It's legal in Wisconsin. You can have, like, a tiger if you want. No. But you have to have, like, a 10-foot fence. And you have to have, like, there's, like, all the sorts of, like, regulation that goes along with it. And I guess a tiger is, like, only, like, four or $5,000. I can't believe. I don't want a tiger. But, yeah, she said it. She said it's, she said it's, it's legal to own a tiger. That. I get well. Mike Tyson, I guess, had one, but he didn't live in Wisconsin, as far as I know. No, I think it's probably too cold here. Huh. Yeah. So apparently, you can. Yeah, but that, I I don't know about well that that uh, that petting zoo that was that's on the that well that was on the way to work. I don't know if it's a petting zoo anymore. I don't think so. There's no signs or anything up there. They had kangaroos. Did they? Mm-hmm. Yep. Where the heck do you get a kangaroo? I don't know. That is really. Huh. So anyway, if you would like to listen to some of this, uh, yeah, it's there. I'll post it on the show notes. Don't a, don't a get kangaroo. a tiger. I want a kangaroo. No, they oh. kick. Do you ever yeah. see that one guy boxing the kangaroo who was going after his dog? That was a bad idea, but he, I mean, I think he won. Rollo would not do well with a kangaroo. I mean, he's, he's afraid of everything. Pretty much everything, yeah. That, that would be a bad move to get a kangaroo for him. <laughs> All right. Uh, next. There we go. So this is a really interesting story. So blast from the past. Do you remember what classic ads these characters start on? So apparently this is a this is a uh, story coming out of the UK. Um, as Shreddies. So Shreddies apparently it's a it's a, a British cereal. It looks a lot like like checks like corn checks or rice checks or whatever. Um, but as Shreddies prepares to kill off its cute knitting nanas, we present other advert characters that will be waiting for them in the TV graveyard. But do you remember where they're from? So there's all these things. But um, so apparently this ad campaign started in 2007. Uh, and since they've been busy hand knitting, so they're hand knitting each of the malted breakfast favorites and even appeared on Britain's Got Talent as part of an advertising campaign. So this campaign has been going on for 10 years. And so the idea here is that these these women are knitting each of the little breakfast cereal square things individually and it just seems super fun so i'm gonna i've got one of the commercials here on youtube that i'm going to try to play real quick and it just it's just super fun what's the secret to the great taste of shreddies only shreddies are knitted by nanas That one looks yummy, Ruth. It isn't easy to knit the perfect taste everyone loves. Shreddies needs a nana's touch. The secret recipe? Four layers of whole grain, lovingly knitted into one delicious square. That secret, love. That's Betty, our top knitter. Less chat and more shreddies, ladies. Another perfect batch. Ship them out. Eat up, everyone. We'll knit more. So that's super cute. So, uh, I'm going to, there's, there's a whole, I mean, they've been doing this for 10 years now. So there's a whole bunch of these with these ladies. I don't know if it's the same ladies for the entire 10 years or how it worked, but it's super cute and super fun. So I will post these along with everything else in the show notes. Uh, post, post a link to, uh, the Shreddies UK YouTube channel. So if you want to go in and, and see more Shreddies commercials, because why would you not want to see more of those commercials? I will probably watch several of them tonight. <laughs> They're just really fun. And, yeah. They're very cute. Yeah. That that seems like a lot of time to make a bowl of cereal, though. Well, that's, they, they're grandmas. They're very caring and loving, and they want all the children to have very healthy and nutritious and delicious cereal. I don't know what it's being replaced with. There was, I think they showed on here what it was going to be, but... It was not, yeah, not nearly as much fun from what I remember here. Oh, yeah, no, we don't want to watch that. It was not fun. Basically, it's a, are you shreddy or not? And the guy who eats shreddies, his day goes really well. And the guy who doesn't eat shreddies, his day goes horribly. And, and everybody's after him by the end and trying to beat him up. Well. Which also sounds fun, but not nearly as fun as a bunch of old no. ladies knitting your cereal. Yeah. So we will, I'll post that one because you'll you'll definitely want to watch more of those for sure. So the, the last thing 
uh, kind of talk about as an interesting interesting take on the subject. So, of course, the big news this week and, and for, well, I guess over a week at this point is is uh, Hurricane Harvey and the flooding that's, that's still going on and still happening uh, throughout southeastern Texas. Of course, everybody talks about Houston being the largest city in the area, but of course, there's a lot of outlying communities yeah. and the suburbs and even beyond that, of course, and then it went back out and, and made landfall a second time in Louisiana. So, there's a lot of people under a lot of water having a lot of issues right now. Um, so this is a really interesting perspective, I guess, on on how we can help or how people can help out the people in those communities and in that part of the country. Uh, Texas flooding. Here's how knitting knitters can help victims. And I'm just going to read through some of this because I say it a lot better than I can. Uh, by now, we've all heard and seen the news from Texas. We've read horrifying accounts of people losing their lives and homes to surging floodwaters. We've learned that the horrors aren't over yet and won't be for some time, and we've started thinking about what we can do to help. If you're a crafter, this is a familiar urge. It's a rare yarny who doesn't hear bad news and immediately think, what do they need? How can I help? What can I make? We reflexively turn our, uh, turn to our stashes and our creativity, and we start pouring our love and concern into handmade items for the afflicted. But in this case, as is the case in just about any natural disaster, it's the wrong thing to do. Uh, you heard me. Put down your needles, step away from your hooks, don't knit or crochet a single thing to send to Texas, at least not right now. So here's why I talk to uh, anyone in aid circles and they'll tell you about a phenomenon known as the disaster after the disaster. The influx of unsolicited mm-hmm. items by well-meaning people that inevitably follows a natural disaster or large-scale tragedy. Generally, after disaster, people with loving intentions donate things that cannot be used in a, in a disaster response and, in fact, may actually be harmful, Juanita Rilling, director of the Center for International Disaster Information in Washington, D.C., told NPR Scott Simon, and they have no idea that they're doing it. So, I don't, you know, you're doing something that you feel to be helpful and you want to, you know, do something to, to you know, take care of the people, whether it's giving them a, a warm scarf or a hat or mittens or whatever, uh, but in... in uh, reality could be actually doing more harm. In Houston right now, for instance, the infrastructure is a mess. Flooding makes many roads impassable. Tens of thousands of people are homeless. Emergency responders are stretched to the breaking point. The local economy is being battered as merchants reel from their personal and professional losses. Flood victims are struggling to get by, get by day by day, putting one foot in front of the other as they try to grasp the enormity of what's happened and the hard work that lies ahead. Um... So I can't remember where it is in here. Okay, so that's why aid professionals urge folks to donate just two things, money and blood, especially if you don't live in or near the effective areas. Donating money helps aid agencies on the ground get supplies to needy people as quickly and as efficiently as possible. It can also help bolster the local economy by letting those dollars be spent in Texas. Oftentimes, it's not a message crafters particularly want to hear. We pour so much love into our work that we balk at not being told or balk at being told that it's not wanted or welcome. And for many of us, tight budgets mean that our time and yarn are all that we can give. Uh, and that's where that legendary crafters creativity can mm-hmm. help. Uh, you can use your knitting, crocheting, whatever to help. Here's how. So make items to sell and then donate that money to one yep. of the aid agencies. Uh, design a pattern and donate the money that you make from it. Ask your local yarn store or another local merchant to put out a jar for monetary donations for flood victims. Sell some of your stash. Uh, organize a knit-a-thon. Uh, work with your local guild crafting group uh, to organize a fundraiser. But whatever you decide to do, please, please don't send handmade items to Texas right now. It won't help and it might hurt. With some forethought, we can harness the crafting cre- crafting community's tremendous generosity and creativity to help those affected by Hurricane Harvey without adding to their hassles. Let's do that. And let's do it right. So obviously I read more of this story than I normally would, um, but it's for good reason. I think, you know, that's something you don't necessarily think about is that, again, you're trying to help, you're trying to do something nice, but in reality you might actually be making things more difficult. And there's a good chance at this point, especially that if you do make something and send it somewhere, it's not going to get there. It's not yeah. going to get there for a while because everything's under five feet of water. There's probably not a lot of mail delivery going on at this point in the area. Well, and make sure that you're, if you are donating money, make sure you're donating through a reputable organization as well, because yeah. there's been, I know the um, Wisconsin Consumer Affairs have been, they've made a few um, talk, they've done a few talks and done some broadcasts about making sure that you are 
using a legitimate. Yeah. There are always vulture organizations yeah. or people that all of a sudden they spring up and they've got a, a charity or something yeah. and they ask for donations. Well, those donations are not going anywhere that's going to help anybody except for the person who's who's asking for that money. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to donate, do a little research. There's a lot of uh, yeah. good resources and easy resources through social media and whatnot that will kind of list some of those options and some of those organizations. So look into those before you just start sending your money somewhere because, you know, you hate to think that people are going to take advantage of a situation like this, but there are people who will take advantage of a situation like this and mm-hmm. you don't want to encourage that or foster that any more than anybody else does. Yep. So yeah, take a look into that. Um, some good information. So what do you think, Elisa? You think you're at a place we can bind off this episode number 104 of the Elisa the Yernisa podcast? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about what we did this week. No, you skipped over it. We had a campfire. No. Yeah. It was your birthday. It was my birthday. You're skipping we, over your birthday. We talked about it last week that it was my birthday. Oh, Mike. There's you not much birthday. to say. We had a nice campfire, though. It was good campfire yeah. weather. The weather was so different here than it was at your dad's when we got there. Yeah, it was like 10 degrees cooler yeah, at my dad's house somehow. Warmer. Which is, huh? It was warmer. Oh, warmer. Yeah, it yeah. was 10 degrees. We left here, and it was cold and rainy, and we got there, and it was... Starting to warm up and not raining. No, it was nice all day so, long. Yeah. Yeah, so we did that and just hung out and uh, had had a fire and had some food and went out to eat last night. So that's yeah. okay. Good. Not a bad birthday. No. No, I made some uh, zucchini noodles for my spaghetti. Yep. And those are really, that, that was really good. Made things a little watery, but they're pretty good with the Inspiralizer. Sure. What else? Yeah, you had a cake. You came home with cake, so that was good. Well, it's always good when you come home with yeah. cake. Yeah. Who doesn't want that for their birthday or any day for that matter? Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, Elisa? No. Okay. So we're going to bind off, weave on our ends. We're going to do all that kind of good stuff because the show's pretty much over. Episode 104. Okay. Wait for you to say something. All right. So if you would like to find out what Elisa's got going on, whether it's knitting or cooking or whatever, go to elisatheyarnisa.com. Up in the upper right-hand area, you can find all the links to social media, being Ravelry, being Twitter, being Instagram, being Facebook, all those fun things you can find there and see what's going on. Uh, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, send those on over to podcast at elisatheyarnisa.com by way of email. If you would like to watch us live while we record the program, you can do that each and every week. You go to patreon.com slash elisatheyarnisa.com, believe it or not. And there, if you sign up at the $5 level per month, uh, it'll get you access to the video version of the podcast that we record each and every week. And we do that live, so you can come in, hang out in the chat room with all the cool people in the chat. And uh, we also do before and after the show. We always kind of have weird conversations about random things. And you can take part in those as well. Uh, I think that's all the things I want to say. Okay. That's all. I don't have anything else to say. You have so nothing else. We're good. Elise is done. So we're going to go ahead and bind off episode number 104. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Cheers. And what am I supposed to do for three days? Sit home and knit?